Tuesday, January 26th. What time is it? You know, my dad's really my dad's really happy that you're keeping the time and I'm not keeping the time. Because yeah, I mean, anytime I can take something off your plate, I'm happy to do it. It's yeah, it's 11:35 on the east. He coast. told me today that it's really good that you know the time because mm-hmm. I've I was struggling there for a while <laughs> figuring out the time that we were doing the podcast. Uh, somewhat busy three game slate today, but pretty busy day in the NBA for news wise or at least rumor wise. Um, unfortunately, um, I you know just quickly have there is some news that has come out later in the day sad news in the nba that i feel like just to start off with just to you know to pay some respects seku smith who if any if you i mean if you follow the nba at all you've probably heard the name you know on nba tv all the time he's been writing he's been an nba writer forever i didn't know him personally i know a lot of people who do know him just from covering the nba for a long time Passed away. He passed away today uh, due to complications from COVID nineteen. Um, so thoughts, obviously, to his family and all the people in the NBA impacted by it. I mean, Stan Van Gundy was talking about it, you know, pre today, um, just about how much of an impact Seku had. So obviously, the guy had a big impact covering the NBA for such a long time. Everyone huge outpouring on social media. Um, so, and obviously, forty eight years old. And passed away from complications from COVID. So if there's anything to take away from it, people, it's that the shit's still very real and very much rampant. And just be safe because 48 is not old. And everyone, and I'm this is not trying to get into like a political statement or any of that shit. But like even myself, right? I tend to, I, I'm safe about it. But I'm also in my mind a lot of times I'm like, I'll be okay. I'm 34. Because it, it only... It only really hurts like old people. Well, Seiko Smith was 48. And I don't know if he had underlying issues or any of that stuff, but still, 48 years old is uh, is shitty. And I've I've read his stuff, you know, back in the day. I mean, I've seen him around forever. So, you know, thoughts, obviously, like I said, to him and his family and everybody impacted by that, but just wanted to, you know, recognize him off the top. Now, that being said... There's some incredible news that came out today. Um, and not to, you know, put him on the back burner, right? But to let's let's get some positivity here. Karis Levert had successful surgery to remove what we now know was kidney cancer. Um, I don't think, unless I'm missing something, um, you tell me, did we know that it was kidney cancer or up until today were we just under the impression that it was a mass and we didn't know what it was um well when we heard mass obviously that's the skin like right i don't think it could be benign it could be i don't think we said the word cancer but i I know it was on my mind but no i don't think i was ever um ever like disclosed at least not not to not that i'm aware yeah so i mean this is amazing right first things first i mean I, i briefly read about what he has and the survival rate was is very high, but of course that's when you know. Like mm-hmm. any cancer, like you have to know and find out that you have it. So yeah. there's no like good cancer, um, but I but this one they removed it, and the Pacers say that no further treatment is necessary. So uh, they obviously caught it very early too. So like, man, oh, be- this maybe the best trade in NBA history. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? I mean. 
Jesus. We, we mentioned like how early this detection must have been because we know these guys get physicals before the season starts. Right. And, uh, and then they catch this on a follow-up physical that wouldn't have been done if he hadn't gotten traded. It's amazing. Right. It's like, I don't know that I've ever, I don't know. Actually, I was trying to think about that earlier today when this came out, like, is there another – have we ever seen another situation like this where a guy got traded and then they found out that he had, like, a life-threatening thing and it saved him? I don't know. It, I feel like maybe I, there has been something like of, with heart conditions. Bell. Yeah, I don't Wasn't know. Wasn't there a little was... stretch where, like, NBA guys were having heart conditions and then they couldn't play and stuff like that? I don't know. I, I don't remember the, the specifics, but I do feel like this story – this was, like, a similar story in the but last not 10 cancer. years. Not, not cancer. Not cancer, no. So this is incredible. I – have no idea when he's going to play or if he can play this year. I mean, who know? I, I don't know what this means. I don't know what that I didn't read about the recovery or any of that. I guess that's really not important in this story. Like, and sh- by the way, also just shout out to the Pacers, dude. Like, yeah, I feel like many organizations. First of all, I think it shows how much they believe in this guy. Um, but also, don't you think? I, I guess like. It would be probably bad PR by a team, but don't you think a, a lot of teams, once they saw this on the physical, would have potentially been like, "Hands, like we're, we don't want to deal with it." I do think that, and I, I don't know. I mean, the optics—if they shitty. had done that—would have been absolutely horrible. So maybe they didn't have a choice. I don't know, but no, let's I, say totally, totally, let's yeah. say that they they did something great here and and. Ran with it and, and helped get him healthy, obviously. Um, no, they absolutely did do something great. I mean, they yeah. I mean, they accidentally saved his life, but also chose... Like, either way, the trade, he would have had to have the physical. And if he would have gone back to Brooklyn, then he would have had the surgery there. Yeah. Like, the trade saved his life. I'm just saying, like, they chose to, to not send him back because he was had a, a problem with his physical. And they chose to give him the treatment... And he's going to rehab and get better as a pacer. I don't know that every team would have done that. I think some teams would have. I think there are some teams that would have said, eh, "Yeah, I, I, I'd I imagine there were a couple that would be like, we're nixing this." But yeah, so you know, good for him. Good for the, great for him. It's amazing. Yeah, great for him. Awesome story. Uh, also today, so there were three games tonight. We'll talk about the games. Um, again, not not great basketball tonight, but we'll talk about it. But the big thing today was there was just randomly, but just like trade rumors just started popping up uh, throughout the day. So we'll go through some of these that came out that, I mean, nothing shocking, uh, but they're interesting. At least hit them. So the first thing I saw was that the Pelicans are reportedly willing to discuss trades for Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick. Uh, Two two reactions, two thoughts on this. Okay. First one is I'd imagine maybe they they want more minutes for our boy Nall and uh, <laughs> Nikhil Alexander Walker for the uninitiated. And uh, so if they think they can get value back and not lose too much in terms of production because this guy's ready to to really produce for them, then that's great. But it also points back to that trade in the off the 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 um the Drew Holiday trade. Just I feel like this team. Their upside would be so much better right now with Drew Holiday in the mix. Um, 
not that trading Lonzo and JJ is them like punting on the season or, or dumping or anything like that, but depends what you, you get back. Yeah, it does depend on what you get back. But I just feel like this team would be super dangerous with with uh, Drew right now, and this wouldn't even be like they wouldn't be looking to shake things up. Like this team would be humming along. Um, but th- that th- those were my two initial reactions from these rumors. Yeah, the Na thing is interesting. Um, that could be true. I didn't really think about that. It's possible that they. But I, I don't think you have to trade guys to open up minutes. You just play the best player. But if you're paying, like JJ, I get it. Like it, you're paying him to sit on the bench, and and that. So yes, move him. Also, he's towards the end of his career. So if you want to do right by the guy, potentially instead of having him sit on the bench for a team that probably not a playoff team at this point, maybe They're gonna potentially be probably scratching team. and clawing, maybe right. yeah. Um, trade him somewhere if a maybe a contender will go get him i don't even know what his deal is but i think he's making a decent amount of money uh the lonzo thing i don't understand i i just i truly don't understand it um eric bledsoe is not good you're not going and you have no future with eric bledsoe as your starting point guard i still think lonzo ball could be a really good point guard in this league i think he is a good point guard in this league i think Teams fall so in love with scoring point guards and got and a point guard who can get you twenty any night. I don't, you know, my thought process on this. I don't think it's necessary. Lonzo is a great passer. He has developed into a good three point shooter, even though his numbers don't reflect it. Like he's just now, like that getting that form down. I think he will be a good career three point shooter. It's a almost a lot of people. When he got in the league, compared it to Jason Kidd, how Jason Kidd totally transformed his his shot and uh, ended up being like top ten all time and made three pointers. I don't know that that's what's going to happen with Lonzo. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying like he's totally transformed his shot and he can make shots now, and he's a really good defender. I, like he does all the things I think you want, and he's big. Like he can guard multiple positions. I think he does all the things you want from a good starting point guard. I'm not sure what the angle is here to trade him like what he's on his rookie deal so you're not going to get back a great player you already have eight thousand future draft picks so unless the thought is packaging these guys together because of the salary and potentially bringing back bradley beal you know something like that then i can then i or i can figure it out but if you're just like probing teams to see who's interested in Lonzo, who's interested in JJ as a separate entities. I don't know, understand what you think you could potentially get for Lonzo Ball. Yeah, the only angle I can think of is, you know, maybe behind closed doors negotiations have gone or went so poorly that they pretty much know he doesn't want to be there long term. So let's just get something for him now or he'll walk, you know, like. Yeah, but what are you going to get? You're, you're not going to get anything for him. I'm just, I mean, could you'd you rather get, get a first round for, I mean. You maybe get like a heavily protected first rounder for him at this point. You're not going to get a you player. Could. Yeah, no, I think you could get a protected first round pick for him, and it just it makes sense only from the aspect if you know. I would, I'd do it if I was. I, I would do it just about any team. I would do it. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying I think it makes more sense from the Pelicans if it's just become clear that he doesn't really want to be there, and they're like, okay, let's let's move on and get why, something. Why would he not want to be there already? I don't know. That's yeah, weird. It is trade him but I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, trade why not? Charlotte. It'd be, that would trade be electric. Yeah, yeah. Trade him electric. to Charlotte. Have Charlotte pick up Leangelo. Um, you know who should trade for JJ? Sixers? The Sixers. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and and he played fantastic under Doc Rivers, right, with the Clippers. Like, we know he fits. Yeah. Um, I mean, that'd be beautiful. Anybody. But here's the, the thing with JJ is, like, anybody should trade for him. True. Let me, yeah. let me look up how much he makes. Um, because, I mean, that's an important part of this because he's he, he is old. But um, he's 36. Jeez. Um, he's making 13 million. That's not that much. No, it's fine. That's it's probably right in the wheelhouse of what you you want a guy like that to make. Um, the Sixers would be beautiful just because any team would for that yeah. for actually for that contract, pretty much any team would. I mean, you, for mm-hmm. thirteen million a year, you're getting a a top ten three point shooter, and maybe not statistically this year, but you're getting, you know, a guy who can totally change what your offense looks like if he's if he's right. Yeah. Now I don't know how he's played this year. Didn't seen all his minutes. His minutes have been super low this year, or not Shooting super 30, low, but thirty percent from the field or from three, which is not good. He's only playing twenty minutes a game. Twenty minutes, yeah, that, that's kind he of surprising is to me. Shooting a hundred percent from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He might so, not miss this year, but uh, I would take a shot on him for thirteen million. I, yeah. I don't know who has the money in the situation. I don't know how it works, but maybe combining them you go get another player I, I, it's weird now also in addition to that there was a rumor that came out today that the pelicans and the warriors have been discussing have discussed a trade for kelly Oubre. interesting again now we don't know any details okay but um what does kelly Oubre bring to the pelicans at least they the first round pick. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, oh, you mean what? What does he bring? Gotcha. Yeah, like yeah. what are they? What are the Pelicans hoping to accomplish by potentially getting Kelly Oubre? Is he gonna? Is he gonna be your starting two? Because he's not starting over Brandon Ingram. Now, here's where it could be interesting, right? If they're saying we need to play Zion at the five and Brandon Ingram at the four. And let's go get Kelly Oubre so we have a starting three. Now, now I'm interested. Now, oh, I can see it in your eye. You're, you're piqued by that. But if the whole, if they're just like, what are they going to give up? Like, I don't. It's I don't know. It's interesting. It would be interesting if the Warriors have already given up on that. Cause didn't they give up a first round pick for him? Yeah, they did to uh, to your boy. Um, so maybe they're just trying to get that pick back. <laughs> I get. Well, they. Pelicans have so many first round picks after the yeah. Drew Holiday trade. So, oh, you mean yeah, the Warriors are trying to get that pick back. Yeah, right. Um, then that that would make sense. I just think, I don't know. Maybe Kelly Oubre is just flat out not fitting what the Warriors want to do. I, I don't know. It's all speculation, but that that oh, would yeah, be interesting. Yeah. The Pelicans. Well, they, the thing report is, was that they've discussed it. I just yeah. don't understand from the Warriors' perspective. I get it. If you're just trying to get assets, I mean, you're twenty. You're but just about twenty games into the season. If you just don't think it makes sense to have them there try to go get that pick back that you traded for him that's fine for the pelicans i just don't totally understand how he fits there unless they see him as just like a, a bench a spark plug off the bench maybe i, I don't know uh, it's just a weird thing and then the last trade well, it's not really a trade rumor but it would have to be a trade was that the clippers and the knicks are reportedly interested in derrick rose which is not super surprising either because i feel like everyone's interested in derrick rose yeah like, i would I think just there's been like a campaign from NBA Twitter since this, before the season started to get that guy out of Detroit. Yeah, I would just love to see him on the Clippers and get Pat Beverly just to the bench or just not in like my face all the time. Like Derrick Rose what. taking over for Pat Beverly makes them a lot more dangerous. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who may actually take over for Pat Beverly if he plays the way he played tonight. Reggie Jackson. 
Yeah, he, uh, led, led the team in scoring tonight. Right? He played, but it, it wasn't even just that. He was all over the place. I mean, he played really good basketball tonight. We'll talk about that game in momentarily, but you know, no Kawhi, no Paul George tonight, and no Pat Beverly. So he led that team. It was a competitive game. They still lost, but it was a competitive game. He looked really good. Obviously, he's inconsistent. So, you know, Derrick Rose is an upgrade over both of those guys for sure. But, Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course he'd be good. He, Derrick Rose would be really good for the Clippers. Um, the, the Knicks is just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, quickly is just so, like – He's just so clearly the guy you, you want to see what he develops into. You know why? Why bring in old, like an older Derrick Rose to? You know what? it does strike me a little bit like, and and not to knock like what we did in Charlotte, but um, it was like uh, when we brought in Steve Clifford and we started winning some games, and it'd been so long since we won games. It was like, all right, let's do what we got to do to win games. Like, we haven't won in so long. Let's just win some games. Mm-hmm. And Tibbs is probably like, look, man, look at how many close games. We've, you know, we've, we've lost some close games. We could be a playoff team. We could be a playoff team this year. I don't have a point guard. Look at that. You're making me roll Alfred Payton's corpse out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's probably – and then they're like, you know, uh, what's his name? Leon Rose is up there in the front office like, oh, man, I could be the GM who turned this thing around in a year. Not even a year. Let's go get D Rose. Yeah, define him back on the big stage. Define turn this thing around because I, I mean, well, you, well, playoffs. They'd be the playoffs, but but I mean, for how long? Like how long? Oh yeah, no, it, it would be exactly what happened to us in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, they would realize it's not sustainable. They'd trade away all the vets, be out of the playoffs the next year, mm-hmm. and still be in rebuilding mode to this day. Uh, but you, and let me tell you something. I will tell you this right now. In my career working in basketball at, directly with teams, there are two moments, like when people, if anybody ever were to, did ask, there's two moments that specifically stick out to me in my basketball life that I could, that I vividly like recall immediately if they're like, what are the highlights? Like when, you know, the, um, the semifinals of the ACC championship of the, of the ACC tournament when I was at Florida State my senior year okay this is a great story you want to hear a good basketball story this sure. is a fun this is a fun story we'll go off on a little tangent here um so my senior year at Florida State we were on the bubble um actually we, we weren't really on the bubble we were going to be I think we would have been like a 10 seed like a 9 10 seed either way no matter what happened in the tournament but going deep in the tournament I think we ended up as a 5 seed because we made it to the finals of the ACC tournament but that year was Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, mm. Danny Green, Tyler Hansborough. That team won a national championship that year. Um so we had some clowns. Like we had we always had some clowns. We had some, you know. Um so we were, you know, that 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 year, my that team had Tony Douglas, who ended up in the NBA, Solomon Alibi, Ryan Reed, who both had like a cup of coffee in the NBA, and then a bunch of other guys you you, just, you probably never heard of. Um, so we make it to the semifinals, number one team in the country. They seem pr- pretty unbeatable. They're pretty much unbeatable. Um, and our captain that year was a senior. His name was Uche Echefu. Nigerian guy. He was like the leader, like, you know, senior captain, like motivation. So before the game, 
everyone, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's just regular pregame. Everyone's out in the hallway kind of, um, you know, doing their thing, right? We had Solomon, who was also Nigerian. Solomon used to do this, like, Nigerian chant before games. And the guys learned it. And they would, like, get in the circle. So, like, they, he started doing it early. And they all, everyone got in the circle. And he was like, I don't remember how it went. It was like, see, Joey's swaying back and forth right now. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I can see it. So they're all doing it. So it's already kind of like, all right, things are getting serious now. But mm-hmm. then North Carolina used to do this thing. I don't know if they still do it. They walked out of their locker room in a straight line, in a single file line, and they clapped like this. Right? Okay. It was super corny, right? Mm-hmm. So we had this one guy, Derwin Kitchen, right? And he was wow. a goof. on real name. Okay. Yeah. Great guy. Super nice guy, but also kind of goofy at the time. I don't know what he is now. They're doing their thing. They're kind of like, it's, it's in a neutral site. So the locker rooms are sim- near each other. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this thing, right? And Derwin just starts going, oh, oh. And then the, all of our guys started doing it while they were doing it. And they stopped. We had they were shook. Like no one it was like no one had ever seen them do it. So no one so they so they stopped. They didn't know what to do because our guys were doing it. And then they they go out on the court. Uche was the the guy who was the captain, not supposed to play. Back totally fucked up, right? He's in the locker room, he's the only one still in the locker room, and everyone's looking around, like, all right, now what? As soon as they stop clapping, our guys stop clapping, they're out on the court, Uche. Kicks the fucking locker room door open, comes running out, and runs ahead of everyone and runs out of the court. I was like, yeah! And I was like, holy shit, we are going to beat North Carolina. And we fucking rocked them. That and that was, that, was their last, that was their last loss before they won the national championship. That's awesome. And then we went to the ACC finals and got fucking our shit pushed in by Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gerald Henderson had like 30 or something. If, if you had the ability to to just make place a bet from your phone at that point in time, how much would you have put on Florida Everything. State after he All kicked the door in? <laughs> All of it. All of it. All of it. It was just, yeah. So I don't know why that... Oh, that, that was, was one just, of two. That was so one, that of was two one of two in basketball moments. Yeah. Yeah. The other one, not as exciting, but it was when we clinched the playoffs in Charlotte for the first time in 10 years. So I and I, I bring that up to bring it full circle back to the Knicks. Like when you haven't been good in so long, even just making the playoffs, even though that on the outside everyone's like, "Oh, who cares? They're not good." Man, that was a big moment for us, especially the people who like lived through the shit and were yeah. there. And then finally, we're like, "Man, we we're not winning a championship, but phew, this is much better than sucking." Yeah. This is much better than sucking. And I do think, I mean, it builds confidence in your coach. You just, even if you get stuffed in the first round of the playoffs, just knowing that your guy can get you there. Yeah. And I've said it, and I've said this a number of times, learning how to win. Yeah. When you've been bad for so long, you have a culture of losing. Uh, So learning how to win and particularly with the young guys, right? Like we're talking about how Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly are the future of this team. But imagine, like, if they were just getting dog-walked every night. You know, mm-hmm. you're teaching them how to lo- be losers. At least right now, even though they're not playing as much as maybe everyone wants them to, you're teaching them how to be winners mm-hmm. at, on some level. I mean, they're not winning a ton of games. But you're teaching them how to not be, you know, the, the laughing stock of the NBA, which they've been 
for so long. Yeah, that's important. So go get Derrick Rose. I think the prince. The point is, go go get Derrick Rose. I, I actually I don't want them. To, I want to see Derrick Rose contend for a title. So I'm not I'm not on board with that. Sure. Yes. Uh, man, what if he goes to the Lakers? They were talking about that before the yeah, season. That, but be, then he'd be a backup. He's not playing over Schroeder. No. And also, not. you know what? No, I don't want him to go to the Lakers. Because I don't think he makes them that much better offensively. And if he goes to the Lakers, then Caruso probably isn't going to play. And I tell you what, he's one of he's a lockdown defender for them. Mm-hmm. Like their their defense is incredible. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think the Lakers need it, you know. I don't I don't no, see much think, incentive for the Lakers to go get him, but yeah, yeah, you're probably right. All right, let's uh, recap tonight's games. I guess real quick, there was three of them. Nothing crazy. Uh, the Jazz, man, the Jazz win their ninth game in a row. They now have the second best record in the NBA. And I tweeted, you want to know what I tweeted? Yeah, I said that this Utah Jazz win streak has convinced me that after back-to-back first-round exits, the Utah Jazz are now good enough. To lose in the second round, <laughs> like it's still how I feel about. I'm with you. Yeah, still how I feel about this team. I mean, they'd uh, have to get like Miami Heat hot last year. Not even that. I mean, the Heat were actually talented as shit last year, but like they got hot and just everything was clicking at the right time. I think that's what yeah. the Jazz would have to hit that stretch, and I, they, I could see them upsetting someone in the second round. You no, know, but, but you know what the problem is? Doubt it's gonna you, happen. But you know what the problem with that is? They're they're getting hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> like and they won, get rehot. They've yeah. won nine games in a row. They're it's off not the gonna, map right not, now. It's not going to get. A, it's not going to get much hotter than right now. Twenty-seven you, and nineteen from Rudy Gobert. Come on. You missed my uh, jazz wordplay there, but I think that's a term in jazz when you're playing really well. You're off the map, but okay, that's fine. Yeah, I would have missed it either way. <laughs> I didn't know that was a term. <laughs> um, I, I just, I hate it. I hate that I can't give more. Like poignant, uh, like observation about the Jazz whenever we talk about them, but it's always the same to me. Like even winning nine games in a row, I saw nothing new. There's nothing impressive to me. Like they're playing really good, but they always play good in the regular season, and just nothing's changed. What, what they kind of remind me of, and not exactly, but a little bit, is like those really, really good Hawks teams with like Horford and Jeff Teague, where like, like. You knew, like, they were so good, but you just really knew they weren't There was no title. true star. Yeah, they, there was no, and they Bunch probably of weren't. Potentially all-star level guys. Yeah, like, and just not of, yeah. really a title contender. Even though they finished first in the East, so you're like, okay, maybe. But, but this more than anything, would, this the, the pieces. Might finish, but this team might yeah. finish first in the East. Oh, this team would, yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go. I mean. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, the point is, I just their pieces just fit so well together. Quinn Snyder's coaching his ass off. Um, so they're they're really good. They are fantastic, and it for, it's all going to come down to what they do in the playoffs. Listen, I'll tell you why this team is not good enough to go deeper than the second round. Hit me, Boyan Bogdanovich and Royce O'Neal are your starting forwards. Mm. That's just yeah. not going to get it done in the yeah. NBA. And today is in the Western Conference when you potentially have to go up against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. When you potentially have to go up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. When you potentially have to go up against Michael Porter Jr. and and Yoke, I mean Jokic is a center, but he's you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. uh, he could affect just, the game from different I mean, levels. Yeah, even like Jay Crowder and Bridges are better than these two guys to me. Like to make a run in the playoffs. I mean, obviously Bogdanovich can score, but like everything else, 
Yeah. I mean, at least those two guys, like at least if you go into a game against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James and Anthony Davis with Bridges and Jay Crowder, you're like at least we're gonna play some we're gonna play some defense. Yeah, we can make things hard on them at least. Right, we can switch everything we do. They, Bogdanovich can't move, and O'Neal's just he's. I mean, dude, they needed twenty points out of O'Neal to beat the Knicks. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so that's where that's where I'm at with this team. Like, until if they were able to improve their wings, maybe. But uh, not to uh, not that I agree necessarily with Shaq, but I kind of agree with Shaq. <laughs> like, well, agree. yeah, whether or not we agree with Shaq, yeah, Shaq's you don't need a, bully. To be a dick and it, say yeah, it he's an asshole, like, and that moment was was very uh, uncomfortable. My my biggest issue is some people were defending it as you know constructive criticism. People can't take constructive like it wasn't constructive. He was just be he was just I insulting him. Like, like, I wish like Dame or not Dame. Like I'm thinking about Dame because I wish Donovan was like Dame more like a Dame where mm-hmm. like in his mind he could have been like you know like could have said something to like insult Shaq back mm-hmm. and like go at him a little bit like. Yeah, that's fine. You're the one who is trying to stay relevant by watching me play basketball or something. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's hard with Shaq because Shaq would be relevant whether he was doing this or not. So no matter what you say to Shaq, Shaq's going to have a comeback because yeah. he's, you know, maybe like the fifth most famous player to ever play the sport. <laughs> like he's up there in terms mm-hmm. of the most famous people to ever play the sport. He's up there and he's done so much on and off the court, it's hard to come back at him. That's why it's unfair for him to put these guys in this position. And also just, yeah. like, as an older guy and, and like, trying to, like, prop up the league. Like, I, I feel like the league probably can't be super happy that, like, one of their young, like, budding stars is just totally getting taken down by a Hall of Famer on national TV. Mm-hmm. And it was a takedown. That's the thing. It was not cons- it was not constructive criticism. And I I actually I think Donovan Mitchell handled it perfectly in the sense like he looked I think he looked Sha- uncomfortable, man. Shaq is revealing himself very quickly as he tries to stay relevant as just kind of a, a dick. So I think Donovan Mitchell just just letting Shaq be a dick is might be the best thing he can do. And I think I have a hunch that in five to ten years we'll look back on this and be like, oh yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. I think Shaq's gonna rack up some things where we're like, ugh, this guy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we'll and I don't. Do, I don't hate Shaq. I just think he's kind of annoying and like not that great of a dude. But that's fair. Worth noting that the Jazz beat the Knicks in this game. Austin Rivers had twenty-five <laughs> points in the first half on ten of ten shooting from the field, five of five from three, and he finished the game with twenty-five points. <laughs> so I was getting ready to just come on here and be like, "This is the guy that you hate." This is the guy you hate. You keep, and then this, you know. I was pretty close to texting you because my but my Knicks fan buddy texted me. Austin Rivers is twenty five and eleven minutes or something. So I was like, I got now. I'm gonna have to apologize to Austin Rivers because I think I said it was absolutely outrageous that he has more minutes than Emmanuel quickly. Just like as recently as last week. Yeah, you should have. You could have texted your buddy saying. Yeah, he could have had 35 if he didn't have three fouls with five minutes left in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I stand by it. Austin Rivers should not be playing more than Emmanuel quickly. He just shouldn't be. Um, he got but hot, and then he played horrible. End. And that may have cost him the game. Like, he went 0 for 4 and didn't contribute at all down the yeah. stretch. Well, yeah, it didn't help that quickly went 1 of 11 tonight. But that's, hey, he's a rookie. It's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we know what Austin Rivers is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is just going to be the Knicks all year, right? 
win some, lose some, until they get Derrick Rose and go to the championship. Hmm. Uh, the Hawks beat the Clippers, as we mentioned, snapped the Clippers' win streak. The Clippers had a, like a seven-game win streak coming into this. They had the best record in the NBA. Uh, but no Kawhi, no Paul George, no Patrick Beverly. So really, and in terms of like a win, sort of a – I mean, it's good to win games. Yeah. But uh, – but I mean, like for the Jack, for the uh, for the Hawks, they're not fun to watch off on offense. Like for a team that is led by Trey Young, who everybody loves, um, and a lot of talented offensive players, their offense is not fun. There, it's a lot of high pick and roll with Trey shooting with without any passes or one pass, and then like there's not there's no there's not a lot of ball movement. Um, Dude, I'll, you know I'll what? S- it, it reminds me a little bit of like Houston a couple years ago when they led the league in pick and rolls. The difference is James Harden is one of the best scorers in a generation, and Trey Young is six foot tall and shoots from thirty feet out. And he and they t- and they talked about it multiple times on the broadcast tonight. How he's shooting like twenty three percent on those type of threes. And last year, Damian Lillard led the league in those type of threes and shot 42% on those, like those deep, deep threes. Yeah. Like, they're bad shots. He takes a ton of... They are bad shots. And and I know people that probably either watch this or see the box score like, oh, he went 12-23 for 38. 38." Yeah, I mean, yes, he had a good scoring game, but the offense doesn't look good. I mean, they, they scored 108 points against a Clippers team that's missing their three best defensive players. They should have. They scored 115 the other night without Trey Young against one of the best defenses in the NBA against Milwaukee. The mm-hmm. problem the other night was that they didn't have Capella and their defense stunk. They didn't win this game because Trey had 38. They won this game because the Clippers didn't have their two best players and scored 99 points. And the Hawks, by the way, are a fun defensive team, a potentially like lockdown, high level defensive team. I mean, and the Would more you, I and- watch them, I'm like. Who would have ever thought this? This is the only reason they have a winning record right now. It's how good that defense is playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to double down on what I said recently that th- this team is too talented for Trey Young to be this ball dominant. You know, like it just totally. doesn't, mm-hmm. it's just not what you want when you, like in Houston, it worked. Per- the, the team was built around one guy who was absolutely unstoppable. This team is loaded with talent. So why not get them, get everybody involved and, and ditch this whole high pick and roll obsession that isn't translating into like wins. It's translating into a guy who's going to be an all-star with, with hollow numbers, in my opinion. I, yeah, I and also it, it's worth noting, like, again, this is where, you know, you know, people are going to look at the box score and say, well, Trey Young and 38, the Hawks won. The Hawks were up by two. Yeah, they the struggled. They the, the, entering the fourth quarter, they were only up by two. Trey Young did not start the fourth quarter. And that's when they extended their lead. And it was because Kevin Herter was getting open looks he didn't shoot a three until the fourth quarter. I think he had 11 in the fourth quarter or something like that. He had three for three from three. And DeAndre Hunter was getting touches. Those two were the ones who were scoring in the fourth quarter at the beginning that stretched the lead out to seven. It wasn't Trey Young. Now, Trey Young came in and closed out the game, and that's fine. That's what you should do if you're supposedly the best player on the team. But it wasn't be- like Trey Young scoring 38 was not why they won this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped, obviously, having the guy. But. I just, their offense just I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's just so obvious that if either Kawhi Leonard or Paul George was in this game, the Clippers were going to win because if the Hawks played this way, you know, mm-hmm. Trey Young's not getting thirty eight 
um, against one of those guys, and and Clippers would have won this game pretty easily. So right. it's, it's a fine. Like, it, the Hawks handled business against a shorthanded team, but it's not a win really to get excited about. Oh, there's so many people that are just like, oh, Trey Young, uh, last five games, blah, blah blah. Like, dude, how about let's talk about how. John Collins and Clint Capella combined for 29 rebounds and seven blocks. That's awesome. Yeah. John Collins had five blocks. It's it's wild to me that there's a chance that he may not be on this team. I would that do would everything be, to I would do everything to keep that guy. It'd be a really bad mistake. And Capella also looks fantastic. Like yeah. they both move so well. He has I like mean 63 rebounds in the past three games now or that's, something like that's that. That's nuts. And a ton of blocks. And it's just the way he also like his body control for being some that big, like even the way like he looks fantastic on those alley oops. I mean, it's pretty hard not to look awesome so on, does John on an Collins. Alley-oop. Dude, John yeah. Collins' athleticism is like it's, through effort, the roof. it's effortless. Yeah. Dude. He doesn't even look like even Zion looks like when he you know, he's obviously the most athletic player there is. But doesn't he looks like he loads up a little bit? Yeah, it's not. It's not. John effortless. Collins has like this springiness. He looks spring loaded. Like, yeah, he yeah. Looks it like, looks like <laughs> he doesn't even try, and he's like head is above the the square. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you said the other day really hit home with me that building around Trey Young with this current roster, build it like handing the keys to Trey Young and him taking twenty three to thirty shots a game is not conducive to to reaching this team's potential at all. I don't want this team to miss the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. But I would be fascinated to see what happens if this team misses the playoffs. Well, they would just fire the coach and be like, you didn't, you know? Yeah, but I would be fascinated to just hear the narratives. Right. Like, will the media start to turn on Trey? Right. Because so far, people have talked about how he's not shooting the ball well and how he's struggling, but no one has blamed them having a not as good of a year as they thought on Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, people are still like, oh, he's scoring in this. I would be interested if they didn't win. Would they blame it on the injuries? Like, what would they? Bl- I know, obviously, Lloyd would get fired, which is you know whatever. Who knows? Maybe you know, maybe he's not a good head coach. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Their offense stinks, and part of that has got to be the coach. Right. Um, so, because Trey Young is good, but has not earned the right yet to like dictate what the offense is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're obviously running an offense because that he is their most talented scorer, which is fine. Um, but it's a very ball dominant offense. Yeah, I guess it, it's weird because like in years past when they weren't as talented, making Trey Young super ball dominant was probably your best way to just compete, right? But now they you're not never in competitive. A, they weren't competitive. I mean, just to even they like won twenty games, or score any points. But yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't work. It's it doesn't work. Right. If you want to win games. Right. So we'll see. Uh, but I just I, – I don't like their offense. I don't love their defense. Love their defense. I, mm-hmm. I mean, they can – you can win. You can sneak your way into the playoffs with the potential for what their defense can be. Mm-hmm. And if, <laughs> if they got if they didn't have Trey Young, their defense would be even better. Because By the way, be also, like, I'm not sure if something happened with Rondo that they didn't want – like, he's falling out of the rotation. But this kid, Brandon Goodwin, that is yep. their – he is – Got a player? So fat. I don't know if he's good. Oh, oh. He went to he's Florida. <laughs> he he went to Florida Gulf Coast. I know that. Okay. Um, he's been in the league for a couple years. I think he, he was an undrafted free agent. So fast. Like he had a he had one possession where I was like, he just. I think it was off of a make. He just took it and was like, ah, "This is mine." Yeah. 
got right to the rim, went by everybody. I was like, holy crap, this guy's fast. Um, let's play Brandon Goodwin. Sure. Like, give this guy some minutes. Uh, that was fun. He is. That was fun. I like that. Uh, the last game of the night, easily the most depressing yeah. in terms man, the Wizards are bad. They're horrible. Uh, they got beat 107-88 by the Rockets, who actually everyone played other than Christian Wood, and this team, this team might be fun. Mm-hmm. Fun Definitely fun, yeah. We do. We should. Wizards are still absolutely ravaged by COVID. Yes, yes. But they're still really, really bad as well. Yeah, uh, very ravaged. They're starting a guy named Anthony Gill, who I don't know. I don't know who that is, and I follow the NBA pretty intently. Uh, they're still so. I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because I did want to point this out. Like Russell Westbrook does look bad, right? Um, but so does Brad Beal, and I will say this: like. Maybe these guys, maybe Russell Westbrook's not as bad as we think he is. Maybe he's playing on a really shitty team. And it's, I said night one that this is this bench was absolutely horrible. So I mean that I stand by that. Well, but it's worse I, I, now. Yeah, it's worse now because. <laughs> but I'm I mean, just saying, like, there were possessions like now. Russ is Russ had it, it, he is falling back in love with like the one-handed flip pa- flick passes that are big, bad turnovers. This and that, but then he is also making nice passes to guys to a guy named Isak Bonga for threes. Like, what are we expecting to happen? Like, <laughs> well, he missed both of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Anthony Gill missed all three of his. So, so yes, Russ is on the wrong side of the prime of his career, obviously, and he's not as good as he once was, and he's probably not very good. At, but I think probably maybe there's a little bit more about this team just stinks. And then for Brad Beal, the story now is at, at the end of the game, he got taken out in the fourth quarter, and he looked like he was having a meltdown, like like a depression meltdown. Like he really? was – he sat – he was just like he, – he was like hands on his knees, head down, like just like – like this. <laughs> like like hand, not touching his head, like hands next to his head and just like shaking his head just like – like what am I doing here? And then there's a couple like screenshots of people that that people took like of him on the bench just like with this look like where like where am I? He looked like, like in a daze, thousand like, mile stare type. And thing. He looked in an absolute daze. It was just I tweeted almost immediately, um, like dude, like the trade demand's got to be coming soon. It's got to be coming. Like yeah, I don't know. I don't see a scenario where that guy makes it. I mean, I think we've. We've said this a few times, but I don't see how he can make it through without. Yeah, the Wizards are just in such a like they're committed. They had committed so much money to John Wall, which has now turned into Russell Westbrook for so much longer. You know, like th- their books are all jammed up for like four more years. So like you can't really effectively reset this thing. Like ideally, you trade Brad Beal for a bunch of picks and maybe a young player or two, mm-hmm. but like. It just doesn't really work. A rebuild doesn't work when you have the highest paid player in the league on your books for three or four more years. So it's, a they're in a of, weird spot. A lot of Miami media down here getting getting an itchy trigger finger. For Brad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be, oh, yeah. That'd be pretty – man, that, that team. They are – they they have uh, – the way this – you know how – like, you know how it is, I guess in any city, but particularly in a city where the fans are not, like, real – 
not the greatest sports fans. You like whispered before, that, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, well, I also host a Heat podcast. <laughs> um, but before the season, there was like heavy debates on whether you would include Tyler Hero for Brad Beal. And now it's like, how soon can we get Brad Beal in Miami? And doesn't really matter what the cost is as long as it's not Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. Uh, look, I that's, don't... That's what it's become down here. So. I'm not even close to saying Tyler Hero should be off the table, but I'm just... I'm I'm kind of midway still, you know, like... I'm not. So I love I'm, Tyler Hero. Yeah, no, Brad I know. Brad Beal's so good, dude. Yeah, I know. I just... we It was easy for us to say that before the season when we hadn't seen Brad Beal play in months and we just saw Tyler Hero do what he did. Now we're seeing him play, and even when he looks bad, he gets there. Like, he's so good. And he's also, like, what, four years younger than James Harden, so it makes more sense that— He's in his prime. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got to do it if it's available. But— I mean, how much— We don't have to talk about the Heat. We'll talk about the Heat tomorrow because they play tomorrow, but there's a whole other thing with— Like, Tyler Hero hasn't played in, like, three or four games. He has this neck thing, so I Mm -hmm. don't know what's going on there. They keep listing it as neck spasms, but how many— You know, how long can you sit with neck spasms? There's something's— there's some people down here who are like, what's really, what's the deal? Because like, yeah. when you have a neck issue and it's keeping you out, but it spasms every night, there seems like, is there more that like, can't get Maybe the guy a massage, get the guy, some, get the guy some acupuncture, massage, like something, get him like a good, <laughs> yeah. like a massage chair for his house. Like Sorry, something. I'm laughing. Like, work I just out remembered. The, work out the kinks, man. I'm just remembering last year when, when Bam Adebayo said his like neck strain was affecting his brain and I just, just so. oh my god yeah I forgot about that what, what was that oh, yeah he just it, he was explaining why his neck injury was was lingering and he just it didn't make any sense his explanation but I, so, I yeah I remember, that. I I remember a little bit. that it was like his but, uh, Zoom media thing yeah he was talking about it you know the way your neck and in, in it's neck to your injuries brain, so. neck injuries impact the brain <laughs> it's like. Huh? It was oh no, it was his shoulder. It's oh, it was, uh, yes, that's sh- that's why it was so ridiculous. He was saying it was, it was shoulder. his shoulder was impacting his brain. <laughs> yeah, and we were like, "Wait, what? What? Huh? Huh? Um, yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah, the Rockets, who they lost to, um, I think John Wall sort of alluded to it after the game. It was like this is one of their first games where pretty much everyone is healthy, other than Christian Wood, and I, you can't glean too much from a game where you're playing the worst team in the NBA at the moment. Mm-hmm. But they do look in, I mean, they do look like at, at the, at the worst John Wall, Victor Oladipo, PJ Tucker, Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins look like it's going to be fun. Yeah. And they look like there is something to be said about. They look like they all like playing with each other. It's mm-hmm. still early, but they do look like they enjoy playing together again. That sort of thing's huge. And, you know they're they're going to be a fun storyline to follow because they're, they're talent wise. I believe they can be a playoff team. They just need to make things work. It's just a just a ragtag group of former all stars yeah. who've had devastating <laughs> yeah. career altering injuries. Ragtag is a good way to put it. Um, and they're right there. They're they're going to be right in that mix to be in that play in. Yeah, and maybe, maybe they've the gotten their big COVID debacle out of the way you know maybe that's behind them but I, I don't know listen man i was told today that i'm supposed to wear two masks now i don't know if anyone's gotten it out of the way but they can get it out of the way if they get covid sniffing dogs yes did that work tonight was this game oh, oh no, it's miami tomorrow, no it's right? miami okay yeah, yeah but i don't are the heat at home tomorrow i'm not sure because they were just so. they were in brooklyn uh tomorrow i'm telling i'm gonna be all over that story because yeah, i love it at, it's at home Let's go. 
Yeah. I mean, this is big. Like, na- other shows, like, uh, they were talking about it on Pat McAfee's show. And that's an, that's the, all they talk about is NFL. And he, he was, <laughs> let me tell you something. That guy was very much in the same boat that I'm in. The skeptic <laughs> boat? Oh, my God. I mean, he was being very, he, his humor is very sarcastic. So his whole thing was like, let's go, like, let's go. If the dogs are, I mean, if dogs, dogs, dogs can like, then open it back up. Let's open everything back up. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And then one of his, one of his, one of his guys in the, in the thing, who's a little bit gullible was just like, I don't understand. How can dogs sniff COVID? And he goes, yeah, well, that's the fucking point. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like after like a 10 minute rant about how he's pumped and how the dogs are saving everything and this and that, he's like, yeah, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I think these dogs are about to prove Pat McAfee and you wrong. Okay. Okay. I mean, I hope you're right. I'm a, hey, is whatever, if I don't have to wear two masks every day. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, just get a dog outside the, yeah, right outside. I was, I was told today that the masks that I wear every day, doing nothing. Great. So I've been fogging up my glasses for three months for absolutely no, no, no reason. The, the particular mask that I wear, every oh, day, okay. which, that's not over here, but it, uh, that the one that I wear is not doing anything. How about instead of an, our, and the next stimulus check, they send me a dog? That'd be dope. Like, uh, like they just get, give me a COVID or, sniffing dog. Or just buy a dog. And well, then I have to train it to sniff COVID. Yeah, I know, but you can probably, I mean, what's the check? Like 1400 bucks. You can yeah. probably get a dog for cheaper than that and then train it. Right, but the training, I think that that's going to run me at least 1000 How much does it cost you to buy COVID? To train the dog. Uh, the same, yeah. No, I think I can get that out on the street. There's a guy that's been coughing quite a bit. Yeah. That's Cough into my mouth so I can train my dog to sniff COVID. Mm-hmm. In the long run, it's going to save us all money. So, Well, you know, you do it. Like if you, if you, um, if you do get a COVID sniffing dog, maybe we could actually make some money because we're not making any money off this podcast. Yeah. Maybe you can like. Leverage tell- the power of the beast. Dude. Yeah. Like charge people what it find out what it costs to get a covid test and just charge a little bit cheaper and stand Undercut outside them. the covid testing that's actually brilliant that's okay actually guys, really, really guys brilliant. instead of having to deal with your insurance and pay for this test like throw me like five bucks and i'll i'll like i'll, I'll tell my dog to walk in front of you yeah any listeners right now if, if you don't get an episode out of us uh in the coming weeks it's because we've fully pivoted to that business model where we're just training covid dogs well even if I got a COVID dog and I was doing that side business, I would just quit my other job. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, we we want to be all in. But. Exactly. <laughs> What's more all in than quitting the job that pays me and keeping doing the job that doesn't pay me? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Oh, man. This is all of our shows seem to ha- this seems to happen at the end of every show now. What? Just a friendly banter? Or? Yeah, about nothing. Well, I guess we're talking about COVID sniffing dogs. It is relevant because there will be COVID sniffing dogs at an NBA game tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, man, I mean, here, I guess my whole point about this to sort of put a bow on it is we won't, we, we won't know if the, if it's successful, we just have to take the dog's word for it. (laughs) X blind, X blind X says stream the COVID dogs. Yeah. Of course. Why wouldn't we? If I can we get probably COVID have dogs, somebody down there. We can probably have somebody down there. I don't know. If no, I think he's talking about like when we get our COVID dogs. 
Oh, extreme that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, all I'm saying is this. Whether it works or not, we will never actually know because we're just taking the word of the dogs. I keep saying we're taking the word of the dogs, but you yeah, understand what I'm yeah, saying. We're, yeah, but we will know if it goes horribly wrong. I, I do think if they try <laughs> no, to... But that's, again, no, that's, here, why if, this, that's why this whole thing is so crazy. We don't know that. If a dog sits down indicating that this person has COVID to somebody that recently got tested and, and thinks they are clear, we're going to have a fiasco. Because if, if a Wait, dog sorry, doesn't... I, I, okay, say that again. If a dog who's sniffing someone that's trying to get into the heat game tomorrow sits down and indicates this person has COVID and doesn't let them in, and that person is under the under the belief that they don't have COVID because they've been tested recently, I don't know how that situation is going to play out. Like, it could be amazing. Rapid test. Oh, they're going to double check with that? But No, no. You can opt out of the dog and get a rapid test. No, I'm saying the dog is, is saying you have COVID. Okay, well, then they say, well, I don't believe the dog. Give me a rapid test. I know you have them. Or be some fiascos. Hey, let's see. Again, people trust dogs more than they trust humans. So the odds are that they will trust the person the dog. just goes home. That, They're just that like, oh, person shit, I does got COVID not get then. to go to the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I would bank on that. Um, but here's but here's the thing, though. So you say we will know if it goes terribly wrong. OK. I don't I don't think that's true because. We actually don't know how anybody gets COVID. Like, we don't know who you're getting COVID. Like, who you... For the most part, like, yes, there's going to be contact tracing. But if, but if like, 10 out of the 2,000 people get COVID, are they going to contact trace all the fans that were at the game? I don't think so. So how are you going to prove that it was the dog that was wrong? Because once again, they're going to believe the dogs over the people. I get... Yeah. But if if ten people get COVID, they're they're not going to be able to be ever be able like to say you got it in the arena, Why? whether they got it or not. Why? Because everybody went about their daily lives the next day. You know. And That's my point. Is you don't know if they got it. Or not. I know. Yeah, a lot of this shit is unfalsifiable. Like it's. it's so that's why I'm saying you don't know if it could, like, if, even if it goes horribly wrong, we'll never know because there's no way to prove that it actually went horribly wrong in the arena. Yes, it could go horribly wrong and we don't know. But I'm hoping if it does go horribly wrong, it's the way I laid out and we've got some people freaking out at dogs for no, for uh, for thinking they're... they're uh... Hold on, you think that people are going to turn on the dogs? No, I think people that have season tickets and paid a lot of money to go to this game that get denied, that think they don't have COVID, are going to be super pissed off that a dog is not letting them in. But uh, we'll see. That's true because, yeah, if you live in South Florida and you have enough money, okay, I probably shouldn't say this. This might ruffle some feathers. There's like a 50-50 shot that if you live in South Florida and you have enough money to have season tickets, you're a huge asshole. <laughs> don't say that. I can't. I can't. Um, I... I... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to end the show. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Later.